It's raining in Florida right now. It's 4.30. If you're from Florida, you do the math. It's going to be a lot of traffic. So I decided I will record an episode while I'm driving. It's not dangerous because I'm not looking at the camera like this all the time. So don't come for me. Okay, I'm looking at the road. I learned something today. I've kind of known it for a little bit because I've been working with um, ketamine patients for a while now. And I've seen a uh, cycle that happens with people. It's a certain personality type. um, And I just, it's, it's... kind of like as I've said before same story different narrative and I've seen it a lot as of recently the whole team has and we're starting to really notice it so depression is happening a lot lately obviously we're seeing that depression anxiety it's big it's a big fad these days and I don't, I'm, I'm kidding when I say fad. I know that people really do experience depression. I've experienced depression. I've experienced anxiety. I've experienced little bits of OCD here and there. Um, not an organized person, but I've experienced the OCD aspect of it. And I've experienced even the thoughts of, you know, suicidal ideations I've had in the past. So I understand that these are real things that people go through. I get it. I understand pain. I've had, as some would call it, chronic back pain, lower back pain. I've had that pain for a while now. When I'm not thinking about it, I don't have it. But when I'm a little bit more uh, sad or stressed or something's on my mind, I'll start to feel it. So... I even went as far as going to the... uh, doctors and getting an x-ray or to the Cairo and getting an x-ray and seeing if there was anything physically wrong with my back because I was like oh my god why is my back hurting and there's nothing wrong it's just uh chronic pain which is mental so I also need to stretch and stuff so obviously I started stretching and I started doing yoga more and I feel better I've noticed a lot of things with my patients who experience depression and anxiety. Chronic depression and anxiety. It is real, and I'm not saying it is not real. The thoughts that you're having are not real. Do they seem real? Absolutely. They are not real, but I don't know why I said real like that. They are not real. But I've been really noticing And I want to say this in a sense of like, I don't want to be mean. I'm not trying to come off as judgmental. I'm not trying ever. I'm never trying to come off as judgmental because I understand it. I get it. I get it. I understand emotions and I get that we fucking feel these emotions and they fucking suck sometimes. I get it. But there is a sense of self I don't want to say indulgence is not the word, but 
self-centeredness when it comes to depression, anxiety, PTSD, but trauma in a sense. But if you have trauma, you have depression, you have anxiety, and you are working and doing everything that you can to move away from it. You are going to therapy. You are talking to people. Even if you're not seeing a therapist, you're talking to somebody. You're doing something. You're doing the work. You're reading. You're, you're really trying to get in tune with your body. You're moving your body. You're going for walks. Even if you can't run or you can't do yoga or you can't work out, at least you're moving your body. You're going to, for 10 minutes a day for a walk. 30 minutes a day would be great, but you're doing something. You're changing, you're drinking more water. Like you're going outside to get sunlight. The issue is a lot of people feel that they are the only ones that experience their depression. They are the only ones that experience their anxious thoughts. And that is a very lonely place to be. I keep looking at the camera and I told you I wasn't going to do that. It's a very lonely place to be. And that sucks. But it's true. People, I'm just really noticing that they feel very connected almost to their depression which we know this. We know that people have labels. We know that people see themselves as one way because they've been experiencing it for a long time. If you're experiencing a depressed brain state, you're going to feel that that's going to be your familiar way of being. It's your it's your familiarity. It's it's just who you see yourself as because you haven't seen yourself as any other way. I told a patient today that if you were to wake up tomorrow, and be a completely different version of yourself, you were to wake up and be like, oh my God, I'm completely better. I feel amazing. Everything is, it's raining outside right now, but all I see is sun and rainbows and birds chirping. You would feel off. That would be weird because your brain is not used to feeling that. So when people come in for ketamine, a lot of the times, unfortunately, it is their last straw. Like, they are just like, I've tried everything. I've tried every single type of medication. I've tried, they've tried everything as far as medications go. Have they tried maybe breath work and meditation? I'm sure. I'm sure they tried it a day and it didn't work. A lot of people just expect things to just happen, to just make them feel better right away not the way life works and they feel very almost like like it's victimhood it's like you're a martyr to the world like I am experiencing depression and I am just this is just who I am and please I hope that this makes me feel better but in reality they have this sense of like 
it's like almost a, a shield of armor being this way because it's all that they know and it's all that their family knows and it's all that the people around them know I'm sure they their family may have known them obviously before they got depressed before they were depressed but a lot of these people say that they have been depressed their entire life and they really sit into that that feeling of being a victim and I'm not saying it in a judgmental way I'm not saying stop being a victim I know that it's real what you're experiencing like the 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 feeling is real it's not just like you're sitting there and you don't feel like a victim and then you're saying I am depressed and you're you're sitting in that victimhood without truly feeling it it's just a very uh, self-involved process and that's why you know when you, we go through these dark periods, we tend to go inward a lot. We tend to, well, you hope that they go inward, but really they retreat. You know, you become a hermit. You don't want to talk to people. You don't really have a, a sense for like joy for anything. You don't experience uh, love. You're sitting in just this state of perpetual fear and just like a stagnant, stuck ick. And they, these people really, really sit deep into it. And they don't know how to get themselves out. But they have all the tools and all of the things that could possibly just move them, even if it's 1% better. They have, their logical mind knows that they could do this or they could do that. Like, if you're stuck in your brain, if you're feeling down and you go for a walk outside, you're going to feel 1% better. The problem is people want to feel 80% better. They want to feel 100% better. They want to feel a completely, they want to feel a heavy shift inside of them. It doesn't mean that they, not maybe not 80%, they want to feel 40%, but they, they want to feel some type of shift. They want to feel some type of difference in what's going on in their brain. But they don't want to do anything about it. They don't want to go for a walk. They don't want to, and I understand when you're in this depressed state, who the fuck wants to go for a walk? Who wants to get up and do anything? Who wants to clean? Even though we know that your environment is a representation of what's going on in here. If your, your room or your space is messy and you know that it would make you feel better if you were to just get up and clean it. Clean one thing. Take five minutes. Time yourself. Take two minutes. Put a dish away. 1% better. People would feel different. And they know that. Their logical mind knows. But they're so stuck. They're so stuck in the idea that they are this person. I am depressed. I don't even like saying it because I don't want to like, I feel, I, some, I do feel depressed sometimes. It's a, it's a normal thing to feel. Feeling depressed and feeling anxious is normal. It means that something is in balance and something is out of balance. 
It's okay to feel these things. But don't let yourself get stuck in the narrative. Don't let yourself feel it to the point where it becomes your new way of being. And if you are in that state, if you do feel this heaviness with you every day, and you know that there's a couple things that will make you feel better, understand there's nothing that you can take besides a drug that's going to make you feel like you've flipped a switch. And when you take that drug, it's not going to change anything. The root cause of you feeling that is still there. It's not going anywhere. So the only thing for you to do is to go inside, to work on you, to create this any type of relationship with you to nurture the relationships that you have outside of you inside and outside I read something the other day that there's like it was like a, I think they they asked somebody asked like 80 they did a, a survey like 80 people that were on their deathbed like what was their what do they wish or what's like the number one uh, thing to a happy life or something? It was, it was relationships. They also, I think it was the blue zones in the world. Like they asked these people, like, what's the number one thing? Relationships, your quality of relationships. But you can have beautiful relationships and you could have people that are there for you and that are, you have people by your side that are riding for you, that will do anything for you. But if you are stuck in this martyrdom, I think that's a word, your martyrdom of, I am depressed. I am a sad being and all I see is negative. What relationship are you going to be nurturing? Because you can't even nurture yourself. And everybody knows this. This isn't like, I'm not, this isn't a fucking like epiphany that I had. Everybody understands this. I've just seen a lot of people just stuck in their narrative of I am sad. Make me feel better. Nothing is going to do that. The only thing that is going to do that is you opening up your perspective and understanding that the thoughts that you have and the the viewpoints that you have and the perspectives that you have have the ability to change. You are not stuck in this narrative. And I could even say it to myself because there are days When I wake up, if I didn't get a good night's sleep because my puppy got up five times and had to shit and I, you know, we have three dogs because we're psychos and we, you know, the dogs are constantly moving and I'm not really getting a solid night's sleep and then I wake up and I have a full day of like putting in IVs and talking to people and really like giving myself. I, I definitely get into states of negativity if I haven't worked out in a couple days, if I haven't moved my body because life just got in the way and I got stuck in two hours of traffic, I feel it. I feel it heavily. 
And I understand that people can really, I understand, and I, th- I understand how people could get stuck because I've been there. Just a couple weeks ago, I was feeling it where it was like a full week of me just being like, fuck, like, is it, is it my hormones? No. Like, what is it? And I think it was for me to understand the lesson of uh, we have the ability to look at a situation, pause, pull ourselves back a little bit and be like, okay, I feel like shit. I don't feel good right now. I haven't felt good for a long time. I've been depressed for a long time. What can I do intentionally that is different? Because I have to believe and I have to understand that me just sitting here expecting somebody else to come and save me, somebody else to come and give me some medicine or somebody else to the the universe to just like plop something right in front of my face to change my environment, to do all this stuff. Nobody is going to do that for me. Nobody. I am in charge of me. And you are in charge of you. And if you are in a state of negativity and darkness, you literally have the ability to switch that. And I know it is tough. And I know it's easier said than done. No shit. It's not supposed to be easy. Because when you're in this state for so long, your brain is in familiarity with negativity with darkness. It's not supposed to know how to just switch out of it. If you knew how to switch out of it, you would have done that a long time ago. If it was that easy, it would have been done. And we would have a shit ton of people that were much happier in the world. But we don't have that because people, they want to see the instant results. And they would rather, instead of putting in a little bit of the participation of their healing instead of participating they would rather sit back and wait I'm sure it's going to get better and if it doesn't get better maybe it's just my time to not be here and I would never say this in a negative way as far as I'm not judging them I'm just talking from the experience that I've had with some people or with a lot of people where they are so helpless. It's something, there's, there's a term called learned helplessness. And some people, when you grew up with maybe a mom or a dad who was always there for you, and you didn't ever really have to clean your own wounds, you never really had to be there for yourself because nobody else was there for you, which I always had my parents there for me. I mean, my dad was always there for me. My mom, if I ever needed her, she would always be there for me. But there's a sense of resiliency when you have the ability to feel the depths of like just being in the shit and not having anybody to come and save you. A lot of people didn't get to experience that because they, it's uncomfortable and they didn't want to go through that. So you have this, this learned 
helplessness. That's literally what it's called. I wish I had my thesaurus right now for another word called helplessness, but this damsel in distress type of way. And it's learned from your environment that you grew up in, or maybe even the environment that you grew up in as an adult and you've been in for a little bit. You could have had a hard childhood and then you got into a relationship where somebody was literally always there for you and you didn't really have to do much to feel resilient. So you learn how to be helpless and then you get to this point in your brain where your brain has been feeling helpless for a long time because you haven't had to help yourself. And now it's like, okay, well, now I feel shitty, so who's going to help me? And that's, that's a shitty place to be because we are coming into a state of the world where a lot of people are just focused on themselves. We have to focus on ourselves. Of course, we have to focus on community, but if we can't be there for ourselves to build up ourselves and to have resiliency for ourselves, how are we going to be there for anybody else? So... I've just seen it a lot lately and it's a little, um, you know, sometimes you just want to take these people and just shake them and be like, listen, you don't have to be stuck like this forever. There is a way out. I promise. There's a way out. Please follow me. Do this, this, and this, and maybe you'll see a little bit of a glimpse. I'm not going to completely change you, but I can help you. I can help you make 1% better. And then you feel that 1% get better and you're like, oh, there's some hope. So you're no longer in this perpetual state of helplessness. You're now in a state of hopefulness. But if you sit in the helplessness, you're not going to get anywhere because your brain is not changing. You're not in any state of change. You're just in a state of stuck. You're stuck. And this is really where it comes to asking yourself the heavy question of, am I really ready to change myself? Am I ready? Do I want to? Yeah, I feel shitty in this state of sadness. I feel depressed. I don't feel joy for anything. I'm going to go to the doctor's office and I'm going to talk about everything that's going wrong with me. And then I'm going to take this medication and hope that it just makes me feel better but I'm not going to take accountability for anything that I do or I'll take accountability for the fact that I don't do anything and I'll just add that blame and guilt into my victimhood so now not only do I feel depressed not only do I feel shitty all the time and I'm anxious and I'm ruminating thoughts and I am just like on a loop of negativity and darkness, now I'm going to add guilt and shame into it because I know that I'm not doing anything to help it. And it's almost like you feel proud of how helpless you are because you don't know any other way to be. There are people who have... uh... Oh, there's a cop right there. There are people who, when they have addictions, or they're starting to build an addiction. Have you ever seen, like, there's a person, I've met so many people that, like, they, they drink a lot. 
and they really lean in to their identity as a drinker. They know it's not good for them, but it's familiar and it feels almost safe to continue drinking because that's what they know. And if they were to stop drinking, they wouldn't know how to cope with that change of a being. Granted, and then if you go through withdrawals and stuff, obviously, but I'm talking about people like kids, like even in in high school, where kids would just be drinking constantly. And now into adulthood, people who, you know, smoke cigarettes or vapes, and they know it's bad for them. They know but they, they lean into it. They're like, oh, well, this is, I know this is my vice of choice. It's just what I do. It's almost like depression is a vice in a way. The label is a vice. The label of being depressed and sad and anxious is a vice. Because a vice is just something that makes you feel slightly better. Because it's comfortable. And you're used to it. And I'm never going to say, I mean I know it's a harsh thing to say like depression is your vice. But I just mean sitting in the victimhood of it. It could be a very sad, lonely place because you think you're the only one who's going through it and I get people all the time have you ever seen someone as depressed as me I'm like "Uh, yeah I have and they will be in disbelief they will be like no you haven't you've really seen somebody as depressed as me really you've seen somebody as anxious as me you've seen somebody go through like the their ketamine experience and then they just like they just see darkness and they're just sad you've seen that I'm like yeah yeah I have yeah believe it or not you are not the only person that is going through this believe it believe you me I can't believe it either But I've been there, and I can relate to you, but the only difference is I really wanted to change, because the idea of sitting in that ick and that stuck, fuck no. So even if it takes me a couple months to move out of it, I'm going to do anything I can to work towards moving myself out of that brain state. And the idea of people not having the identity of being a depressed person, not having the identity anymore of being sad, not having the identity anymore of having chronic pain and being a chronic pain patient, they wouldn't know what to do with themselves. And that is the moment that's the talk, really, that people, they, they got, you got to have with yourselves. Am I in a state right now that I feel, first off, am I feeling bad in any way? Do I have anxiety? Do I have PTSD? Do I have trauma? Do I have OCD? Do I, and granted, I know that there's like, 
OCD and PTSD. There's a lot of stuff that you got to move through. But if you're not doing anything and you feel this state of sadness or darkness or low vi- let's just go with low vibration. If you're feeling this state but you're not taking any steps to change 1% of yourself each day, then you might have to ask yourself, am I just comfortable being in this state? And that's okay. I mean, it's not okay, but it's okay to be comfortable in that. Because I think the number one thing that after you you realize that it's like the first step after that or the next step is self-actualization or self-awareness understanding oh I feel almost comfortable in this crappy sadness I feel comfortable in this depression maybe I don't want to change Maybe I want to I, I, I want to lose weight. I know that I need to lose weight, but maybe I'm, I'm comfortable like this. A lot of people, it's the, you are comfortable and you're, you're comfortable in the familiar. And that's all it is. And that's the last thing I will say. You're very comfortable in things that are familiar. People work jobs. For way longer than they need to they stay in careers for way longer than they need to they stay in relationships for way longer than they need to they stay out of relationships for way longer than they need to they take medicine for way longer than they need to there's so many different things there's so many different versions of familiarity and comfortableness Comfort is, dare I say, it could be a disease because anything that you are doing a lot of and you feel like you are stuck and you can't get out of it, that may be your default mode and the only reason why it is so hard to get out of it is because you are comfy in being that version of yourself because the idea of changing the idea of becoming a new, just a, a different version of like me waking up tomorrow and quitting my job and uh, renting out an RV and going to travel the country. Yeah, it sounds fucking great, but I would be uncomfortable. I'm not ready to do that. I'm not ready to change like that. I've been wanting to post this damn, start my, my podcast again for so long. I was fucking nervous. Because what happens, I think I literally was just talking about this in the other episode, but what happens? What happens if things start to change and then I become a happier version of myself? Am I going to, are people going to not recognize me? Am I going to miss out on opportunities because I'm not staying where I am? And then when you look at it in the depressed side, if you are dealing with heavy depression and, and heavy or chronic pain, what is it going to be like if tomorrow you were to wake up and not have pain? If you were to not have to take your pain pills or smoke your weed to help with your pain, what would happen? Who would you be? 
what would you do? A lot of people, they, they win the lottery and they have this huge shift in the way that they are. In the way that they, not in the way that they are, but they have, you have a huge shift in your bank account. And you look at that and at first, I always think like if that was to ever happen to me, I would probably take a couple days to just like figure out what I'm feeling because I don't really know what I would feel. It would almost be too much. I'd be like, holy shit, this is like a new, this is a lot of newness coming at me. How am I going to cope with this? And then people who win the lottery, they always say like a year later, they're back to their, their state of happiness before they had the money. Because they're still the person that they were. You can win the lotto and start to become more philanthropic start to help people start to do you could start a, a a passion project you could start to do things to move towards it this new version of yourself that you see that you want to be or you could just remain the same and you just have more money either way that doesn't matter but don't get so stuck in your narrative that it becomes who you are to the point where you are now only familiar with that narrative and if you are experiencing that understand have your conversation with yourself be like hey maybe we need to reevaluate how we see ourselves am I in comfort being sad because if I was to be super happy tomorrow would I even know myself it's a weird concept, but it's not fun once you get to the point of being this martyr and this just very self-involved person with depression that they think that they are the only ones going through what they are going through. Your story is the only thing, I mean, you're the only one going through your story. You're the only person going through your journey. There's nobody like you. There's nobody like me. You're never going to be able to experience what I go through. I'm never going to be able to experience what you go through. Because I'm not in your brain and you're not in mine. But understand that your brain is not just this stuck thing. It's not, it's not going against you. It's just playing out what's familiar. I hope you guys have been able to hear me. Because it's raining, obviously. I'm still in traffic, so I hope you guys have a beautiful day. And I hope that this message reaches somebody. And yeah. I love you guys. Thank you for listening in. And if you are going through this, we are starting, and if you live in Florida, we are starting a group. For people, uh, fibromyalgia, chronic pain, depression, I want to bring people together so they can understand that they are not the only ones going through this. And maybe if you feel a sense of community, it'll help you hold accountability to start changing because you won't feel so alone. So reach out if that sounds good to you. All right. I hope you guys have a beautiful day. And I hope it's not raining as crazy as it is where you live. I'll talk to you later.